in the early morning. Early in the morning when the creator smiles at the calm. When the sun peaks over the clouds, I have a rendezvous with God. As I ponder on my purpose and wonder of his plan, I ask if I'm in accordance. In this moment, in this hour, lost in meditation, fleeting daydreams shuffle by, vibrating on a spectrum of colors in my eyes. The faces that are many, each one sent in this flicker of time. Each holds an array of memories, some warm, some cold, some kind. Early in the morning as the birds and flowers breathe, I thank him for his reverence, for blessings I have received. The tears I weep cleanses my heart deep. I ask to keep it pure. I ask for nothing more than this. And no, it's time well spent. As I examine myself in this hour, early in the morning, as the sun peeks through the clouds, I stand approved to love today. His mercy he has allowed. As I reflect and pay respect to my rendezvous with God. By Vicky Aqua, Mama Ola Deji. You're listening to Spoken Soul Sessions. You're my man. With poetic black. Ain't nothing holding me back but me and who's holding you but you. Check this out, man. Spoken Soul Sessions. Oh, my God. This is Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Bold stances and looted dances got us here. You are listening to Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. We start from scratch, exploring new possibilities. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Spoken Soul Sessions. I'm your host, Poetic Black. Happy to be here today. Happy to be alive. I hope your day is going as beautiful as mine. I hope you are a better version of yourself today than yesterday. And I pray you be a better version of yourself tomorrow than today. Peace, Spoken Soul, Sessions, Family, what's good? Today, we have a very, very special guest in the studio today. A phenomenal spoken word artist. A person who has done this, who has been doing this, who have put down and done the work for years and years. A living legend. Let me give this poet the proper introduction she deserves. A modern day griot and a living legend. Anyone who knows Vicky Aqua, also affectionately known as Mama Ola Deji, knows that it is a fitting description. Of the woman we've all come to know and love. Though it is only the tip of a very large iceberg, when it comes to describing this multi talented, multi faceted artist, Vicky Aqua is a poet artist who encourages everyone she encounters to strive to be the best they can be, pushing you to push yourself, encouraging others to bring their very best. <laughs> 
in in the I've had the pleasure of knowing her while already being a master of her craft I've watched her challenge herself learning several types of poetry I've watched her at times being her own worst critic creating an online group where she invited other poets and inspire and inspiring poets to share their work and seek to better themselves as burgeoning poets the topics I've seen her work cover throughout the years is like watching a poetic newscast. Women's rights, love, heartbreaks, social commentary in the United States and abroad. Reading this poet's work is like seeing in for the poetic soul, invoking a deeper level of thought to the reader and every word read. It's with immense pleasure and anticipation that I look forward to the world coming to know this great artist and human being. I don't say these words lightly. I say it because it's a fact. In this day and time, it's hard to find people that truly support your endeavors. Myself and many others can attest to the dedication Vicky Aqua has given to her family and friends, whether it's participating in her many poetry groups or being supportive behind the scenes. She has been dedicated to the advancement of online poetry shows, as well as many community activism projects. She either started or stood or stood behind. Readers of this creative compilation of words will be left with a myriad of thoughts and emotions. After reading each piece, they'll be left asking themselves such questions as, did I love enough? Have I contributed enough to make this world a better place? And how can I do more? Written by the lovely Miss Candice Mumford, I want to give a big, big, warm, warm welcome to the Spoken Soul Session Studio. Miss Aqua Vicky, also known as Mama Ola Deji, the all around queen. Welcome to the show. How are you? How are you doing, Mama O? I'm happy that someone like you would be asking someone like me to be a guest on your show. So right now I'm tickled. I'm happy. I'm excited. And because you are one of my favorite people. So you are, this you, is an honor for me. You are most definitely welcome. Thank you, and, it, and it's so well-deserving. I've 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 met you. Let me give a brief history of how I met you. I met you on online. A, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, uh, she had told me, she had said, you know, they do poetry on the internet, right? And I was like, what? This was back in like 2012. And it was like, yeah, they do poetry on the internet. I was like, what are you talking about? It's like you can go online. And call in shows and you can you can spit your poetry. I was like, what? Because I was used to going out and performing open mics. So when she told me this, I was like, nah. She's like, yeah, I'm telling you. So I, I called the show. I call, I forget what was the first show I called. It could have been Candace Mumford's show. And and I called the show and I heard, first thing I heard, everyone giving praise to this woman, Mama Oladeji. Everyone calls her Mama O. I'm like, who's Mama O? Everybody know Mama O. Oh, yes, Mama O. This her new piece. This her new piece or whatever. And I mean, I was like, everybody was like giving her so much praise. And as I got to know her and got to I got familiar with her work. I mean, you are a blessing to our community, Mama O. You are a blessing. You are tried and tested and like Candace said in, in, in your bio, you give social commentary. You give social commentary. I always find myself reading your poems and being aware, being aware. You send me stuff all the time. Hey, check this out, Black, or check this out. And I, and I check the things out, and you always bring awareness. And you are a blessing and a pillar of this community. You are a pillar of this community, and I think it's only right that you get your flowers right here, right now, as you can see them, and you can know how much you are appreciated. My sister, Mama Oladeji, 
Let's get this interview started. We want to get into the mind. We want to get into the mind because you, you've, you've lived. And may I say, if you don't mind, Mama O, you just had a birthday, right? I'm having another one in March. You have another one in March. That's right. (laughs) That's right. You just had a birthday. And, uh, I mean, you've been, you've been around the sun many times and it shows in your work. It shows in your poetry. You bring that wisdom that you have always to your to your spoken word and it's much appreciated. But I wanted to ask you a question that I ask all the artists that come on this show. And I wanted I like to get the different perspectives of different artists. And this question coming from you, I know it would it will be very deep. You know what I'm saying? Because I want to know, Mama Oladeji, why poetry? Why spoken word? Well, basically, poetry was one of the things I was fortunate enough to gain from my grandmother. Um, My grandmother had my mom at age 50. My mother was a baby of 16 children. Mm. So um, my grandmother had her first child at 14 and her last child at 50. Mm. And her only real pastime that she had was playing in the church. She was also a pianist and reading poetry to her children. Mm. So all of her children read Paul Lawrence Dunbar. So I say Paul Lawrence Dunbar was the first black poet laureate in the United States. And Mm. my grandmother was crazy about him, which passed down to me through my aunts and my my cousins and my mom. So I studied Paul Lawrence Dunbar all of my young life at the age of seven, eight, nine. By the t- time I was nine years old, I could recite four pages of Paul Lawrence Dunbar in dialect. Mm. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that's basically how I got my love for poetry uh, through Paul Lawrence Dunbar and my grandmother. Mm. Because your, your work, your work is always so, so in your face and you don't, you don't, one thing I love about your, your poetry, you don't cut no corners, you don't cut no corners and what needs to be spoken about, you always speak about directly. And a lot of your poetry, it deals with social, you know, social injustices, you know, civil rights, you know, the way we're treated, the way other peoples abroad are treated internationally in other countries. So you care. So let me ask you, the the, the amount of time that you've been doing poetry, you've been you've been you've been into the game since seven. First, 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 first uh, 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 introduction to poetry. But as the years went by in your lifetime, how 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 have you seen the poetry change? Has it changed for the better? Has it changed for the worse? Are we in a better state today than we were yesterday? Or do we have work to do? What's your take on that, Mama O? Well, I have enjoyed the changes. I mean, I even like rap and hip hop. So everything is is everything to me. I love words. I love wordplay. I love um, the creativity. Um, I just think that is a is a poem that I had called "Pay That No Attention," where I say um, we drop rap in their lap. You know, we have been creating words um, since we, you know, back in the bebop days. You know, mm. through um, "Hey Daddy Yo," you know, we just like we've been doing this for so long. Like even when you hear Rudy Ray Moore, like I even like Rudy yep. Ray Moore and Mama's Maybelline. I mean, I just like. I just like wordplay and poetry and creativity. And once it's put into any form, uh, I get the intellectual, uh, receive an intellectual blessing because uh, basically it takes a a lot of intellect to create something that's so easy to enjoy. You know, like you you just like, wow, you Mm. know, it just wows you to the point where, you know, you like, I wish I could do that. Mm. And uh, some people have a natural knack for it. 
Um, some people don't, but they still keep trying and they still come up with something that's really interesting. Mm. You know, I just think as long as you, you know, open your mouth and your mind and are able to receive someone else's uh, no uh, message, then uh, you're able to deliver one of your own as well. Mm. Because one thing we all have is an opinion. That's right. And um, so, you know. Definitely. One person can say something to you, say something to you, and you'll receive it a whole different way. That's right. And then when you even feed it back to them, you feed it back to them, and they go like, wow. I can't even believe I said that, but now I'm getting a new meaning out of what I said because mm. you're feeding it back to me in a different color. That's right. It's it's profound, and I and I've noticed that, you know, you always give the ear to the to the voiceless. You're very encouraging. I've noticed that since I've met you, since I have the pleasure of meeting you, that you were always welcoming. Like me coming into the poetry on the online scene and you was a vet, you was very encouraging when I first came to the uh to the poetry scene. Like very welcoming. Like, yeah, let me hear that. Let me hear that. You spit that piece and and you know, and I and and, and, and you do that for so many different artists. Hundreds of artists you you do that for that I know personally that you do that for. All of the groups that you uh that you create and that you facilitate. I just think it's amazing, you know, that this power of the spoken word has pushed you to the point where you have dedicated a great portion of your life to this, you know, and it and it needs to be appreciated, you know. Like I really see I really see what you bring to the table, Mama O. You know, I really I see really that. I appreciate that because you know, I have I can't get into my screen cuz I told you do everything and just seemed like it was not going to allow us to do this today. Mm-hmm. So my screen is down, so I can't really go into my Word docs and get some things for you. So I went into my really old stuff here and I dug in the crates and got some stuff okay. out for you. Okay, <laughs> dig in the crates. That's what's up. Yeah, some things I don't even remember that uh, I wrote. This is before, I, I think this is before uh, before the internet. Was just like this, I just got this these big folders I dug in here. So I don't even know All right, what so, I'm gonna be so, doing. So this is yeah, what we'll do. I'm gonna play whatever. I'm gonna play uh a word from one from our sponsor. I'm gonna play a word from our sponsor and you can get ready and I'll set the stage for you to come back. Pick one of those pieces for us. That's that's great. That's great. I'll get a chance to look through these things and see what's in here for the first time and I don't know when. So. Hello. This is William S. Peters Sr., a.k.a. Just Bill from Inner Child Press International. First, I must say we at Inner Child Press are proud to support my brother Daniel Green, a.k.a. Poetic Black, and his prolific, embracing, and informative program, Spoken Soul Sessions. As a publisher and now sponsor of the work Poetic Black does, we at Inner Child Press International offer to you his listeners, and all spoken word artists, writers, and poets, a 10% discount on all of our publishing packages and services. Please mention code SPOKENSOUL to take advantage of this offer while it lasts. You can contact us at InTouch at innerchildpress.com, and we hope to see your words in print very soon. We are Interchild Press International, building bridges of cultural understanding. That's www.interchildpress.com. Thank you. All right, coming to the stage. Let's give a warm, warm welcome to my sister and your sister, the all-around queen, Mama Oladeji. Okay. Wow. What a welcome. This is new for me. This is great. I'm excited. And I'm just only grabbing stuff here because, like I said, I can't even get into my new stuff or the stuff that I have usually a way to read it. So I'm just going to read what I have here. He told me to grab something. And um, 
I don't know the the um the mood he wants me to sit here. You want me just to be like all over the place, my brother? No, just get, or you want get, me- get comfortable. Do you, Mama <laughs> O? You got the stage. It's all you. Okay, the first poem that I found here is called. Um, Penis Envy, the poem. My manic is maniacal. My instincts were reliable. Armed mercenaries paid and bloodthirsty, insane with hate. The stench of your stinking thinking precluded you as you mosey over to my car, hand on holster with a John Wayne swag. I had a flashback to when you brandished our testicles in jars. Dead, dull eyes, glint of evil shone through crooked smiles. My manic is maniacal. My instincts were reliable, smiling while profiling. Ready to shoot to boot. Coon hunting. Paid to take one down. Good old boys. Gonna be proud. My manic is maniacal. My instincts were reliable. Looking for your manhood. Validation from the no dick pricks. Penis envy kicks in. They told stories about the colored man. I smelled you coming. So you shot me in the back while running. My manic. Is maniacal. My instincts were reliable, so I ran. Yeah, I ran. I ran for my life. Tall, light, broken. Does not call for you to stop me. Sorry. Tail, light, broken. Does not call for you to stop me. You faking fear. I mean, I saw no plan, so I ran. Knew you were going to say that I reached for my gun. Knew you were going to prevaricate and concoct. So I ran and I heard gunshots in my back, five or more. I knew what you were going to say. So I ran away. You said it anyway. Yeah, I was scared for my life. Now y'all asking for donations for his defense fund? <laughs> Some nerve. While my wife and grandchildren suffered from my brutal killing, Not one dime offered my family, adding insult to injury. My family had to bury me, and I rest easy, uneasy. I rest uneasy as my lineage faces these atrocities. Same tragedies subject my babies, bloodthirsty, trigger-happy mercenaries, overseers of slavery, the offspring of ignorance and incest, once again, doing the rich man's biddings. You detest what they detest, not knowing they detest your inbred dumbass too. And because they find me innocent, they have decided if I am a whole human being or just a maniacal maniac with a large penis. So my maniac is manic and my manic is maniacal and my instincts were reliable. I wanted to live so I panicked because I was black. A trigger happy mercenary shot me in my back unnecessarily. My instincts were reliable so I ran. So he could not say but he said it anyway I thought he was going for a gun. So my mind said, run. Wow. Absolutely profound. One more time. Oh my God. Profound. You said the name of that call is Penis Envy? Yes. Wow. 
It's so much history in that right there. It's so many like let's unpack that piece before you get into your next piece. Like what where, where you was at when you was thinking about writing this piece, Mama O? What inspired this? Well, it just all the things that started happening as when I came to Facebook, um, that's when basically like 10, 11, 12 years ago was when we started having all the um shootings. And uh, the fake fear. And I thought he had a gun. And just like like every day seems like somebody was getting shot while going the other way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Children were getting shot. Uh, It was just really bad. It was just really bad. Little boy playing in the park with his little toy cap gun. Mm. Uh, You know, they walked up to him and two seconds later they shot him. That's, that's, just a little fear. Yep. You know, it's just so much was going on back then. So this was 2015 when I wrote that. Wow. And it's crazy that this poem is still relevant today. At this day and age today, it's still relevant. You know, it's that it's just yeah. it's crazy. But that's a powerful piece, man. That is a powerful piece. And you have made mention of some particular points the penis envy because people think that this is this is a real thing this is a real thing this way you know it all stemmed from that it all stemmed from that envy like i I was watching a video today that we talking about it um i believe it was kevin wesley and he had a video on youtube where it was a, a woman who was a caretaker and she said that uh, basically the woman she was caring for, <clears throat> were on, she was on her deathbed and she had recently died. But before she died, she had made a, a crazy confession. She confessed that when she was a little girl, she lied on the, the, the black boy that lived next door and said that mm. he tried to touch her. So what they did to the boy, they, they, they beat him. They stabbed him, they cut off his private parts, and they um they hung him, they lynched him. And she was living with that guilt the entire time. She and she died at the at the age of about 90 or something like that. And she said the last few days of her life, she was convinced that it was a boy there staring at her, watching her. And she had confessed that the reason why she did this, the reason why she had lied on the boy was because the boy's sisters had prettier dresses than she did. Mm. So I'm like, wow. I'm look I'm 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 trying to like just really absorb this when I'm listening to it. I'm like, wow. This is crazy. And it be something just as that. It's envy. It's not even jealousy. It's envy. It's envy because yeah. the envy is the difference between jealousy and envy where people get a mixed construed jealousy can be a praiseworthy thing jealousy can be a good thing jealousy can inspire you to get better things in life if you see someone and you're jealous and you can say well i want to it can drive you to say i'm gonna get it just like that person got it and it can be a motivator but envy is different and envy the difference between jealousy and envy is that envy wants you to be rid of whatever you have not that even the person mm. wants it. He don't even want it. He just don't want you to have it. You know? Okay. So so you got you got some people who would say, oh, I like that car you got. I want a car just like that. And then you got those envious people who would say, I want that car. I want well, that I'm, car. <laughs> oh, I'm going to destroy yours until I can get exactly. one. Exactly. And it, right. and, and that's, it's, just, it's just so pathetic to that point that they hate to that level, that degree. Something as trivial as I got nice dresses and you mad, so you're going to invent a lie. And that's the story of our lives. That's the story of this history. The history of this country is that they invent lies. They invent lies. How many people had had gotten lynched in this country over the lies of people? And and it's the system itself, when you really look at it, it's the system itself that perpetuates this because people know that they can use this system as a weapon. So when you have when you have white women who who weaponize their whiteness, they weaponize it. Like Emmett yeah. Till. Like Emmett Till, he was a victim of that. 
Oh, she said he whistled at her. So that deserved him to be killed and lynched. Beaten like that. And it, it, it's just it's just so pathetic. But this is just a system that they run. And they got people in this country that know that the law benefits them. If you look a certain way in this country, you can weaponize your skin tone. Or your skin tone can be, you know, can be a threat. How they say a nigga always triggers suspicion. But yeah, that piece, that piece was so, that piece was so profound, Mama O, is like, wow, it's so relevant. And um, wow, I can't wait to get into the next one. Okay. Well, if you have any more questions for me, um, yeah, come on. I'm gonna read something. Yeah, come okay. on. Come, yeah, come. If you got any more questions for me? Um, while I'm still kind of going through the um the stack here. Oh, you still so, you still looking? It, all right, okay. If not, I can read. I can read something. I was just thinking I might find something a little bit more different and like going a different way altogether. So, all right, wherever um, you want to go, we we are all open okay. ears. Yeah, because I'm gonna give a variety. Um, and you read a beautiful one. I love the way you read that poem when I was in a serious mood, when I'm rendezvousing with God. That was so beautiful. I, oh, thank you. I love your. Uh, I, I tried to do it your, justice. The way you read it. I mean, I you just, did. Definitely. You. I felt it like it was uh, meant. You know, I could see you kind of like understood that poem. Mm, definitely. And really felt, the, felt that, that we all need to have time set aside to just rendezvous with God. That's right. That's right. You know. That is right. I think a lot of times people think that he's not going to give us that individual attention. But if we go to him, um, he would, he, he, he's going to give us that individual attention because That's he right. can do that. That's right. So, that was a, that was, you surprised me with that choice. Really yeah, did. that was a beautiful piece. When I read it, when I when I actually went on your page and I read it, I was like, "Wow, this is the one." I was like, "This is the one." It gave me a certain type of calm when I read it. It, it was a certain type of peace, a certain type of tranquility. Those words are very powerful. Very powerful. Okay, so I'm still kind of digging through here and. But yeah, take it, take um, take your time, take your time. We, you know, okay. get into your element, get the piece you want to spit, you know. But in the meantime, in between time, tell us a little bit about your businesses because you have, I know you have a um a jewelry business that you do, where you sell you sell. Well, what I do, I I just continue to do my hobby. Mm. Uh, it was really a hobby that I started. Um, I used to own two stores um, back in the day. Um, I basically have always been ahead of my time. So my fashions and my jewelry, uh, the name of my store was called Where'd You Get That? Mm. So I would always use my poetry, uh, use my poetry to put, um, you know, signs up about what what my business was. So my business was at that time fashion um, taking African fabric and making more modern day um, outfits out of them with hats to match and mm. all different things to, you know, to, um, that African Americans would like to wear because they, you know, uh, would not really basically understand some of the African um, fashions. Mm. So I took the African fashion and made it into like a fashion that uh, any African American would love to have to mm. wear jackets because even my mother i got my mother and my father everybody that to start wearing african fabric mud cloth and stuff like that mm. so then i had a a line of fashion called called um, um chemistry warfare mm. uh, clothes and then i had another f a line called uh, elderwear well the chemical warfare clothes went over so big that that's how the name of my store became. Where'd you get that? Because the men wanted it, the women mm. wanted it, children wanted it, pregnant women could wear it. It had um, 
drawstring uh, in the middle, and they were from the French army. Mm. So they were treated with a chemical that, um, and uh, they had like drawstrings at the bottom, drawstrings in the middle. So no chemical could get to you. And this was like 30 years ago, 40 wow. years ago, 35, 40 years ago. So everybody wanted those chemical warfare suits and they were selling. And this is, um, you know, something, like I said, that the men wanted too. So this was a women's store, but, uh so the men came over and they were like, we like these. We want to wear these too. <laughs> so I opened up my, my second store because they would fit anybody basically because they had drawstrings. They were real loose and you could draw the strings and make sure no chemicals got on your body. And they were, so what I, you know, what I had done was like, had really taken these, uh, army, the French army, um, gear and dyed them different colors and, they still had the chemicals on them. And then the men came and said, well, we would like to have those. And so I opened up a big store called Jealousy for Men because they mm. actually were jealous because I didn't have any men's clothes and they wanted <laughs> to wear the chemical warfare. So it was like really a, a, a great gimmick and it was a great uh, time in my life when I kind of ruled the fashion world. And then I always made jewelry as a hobby. Mm. So... Um, I still have like beads probably that nobody else still saves because I've had them so long and I still make things out of them. But I had promised myself when I got to be an elder, which I am now 72 years old, 72. almost 73. Let's give a um, round of applause for yeah. that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. 72 years young. And you still got yeah, it, Mama so. O. And if y'all don't know, Mama O, back in the day, she was, I'm talking about, you You could see her beauty right now. But when she, her old pictures, those modeling pictures you put up, man, Mama O was smoking back in the days, man. Smoking. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay. man, but you look, you look so beautiful. And in your age, I mean, even though you're 72, you, the youth is on you. The youth is on you. Your skin is so beautiful, so clear, so vibrant. You can see that that black don't crack. You know what I mean? <laughs> it definitely don't crack. But yeah, Baba O. But go ahead. Like what you were saying? Yeah. But I was just saying, yeah, you know, so so that's um, you know, back then, you know, yeah. But then you lose that when you get older and so you surround yourself by younger people mm. to keep you motivated your silly brother you know like the time i told you um he he just attacked me with a with a with a with a, with a rap but i think it was on video <laughs> too he just he attacked me you know so they keep me you know wally you are just keep me young and keep me fit and uh well some people can take me and some people can't when i get really really serious and you know, mm. start cussing people out. You know, some people can take it and some people can't. Like, mm. you know, like, hey, you know, roll with the punches or duck, you know. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but as you get older, things get a little bit not so much fun as before. So the, the young people keep me, mm. you know, excited because uh, this is a poem I wrote about growing older. All right, let's get and it. It's called No More Excitement. No, yeah, it's called No More Excitement. No More Excitement. All right, let's have it. And coming back to the stage, let's give another round of applause for Mama Oladeji. So, yeah, so Poetic Black asked me, you know, um, why I still do poetry and stuff, because if I didn't, there would be no more excitement. And, uh, when you get to a certain age, like my 55th class reunion was the other day. And uh, a lot of my classmates are gone. So this poem, I was just writing to kind of like put a little bit of humor in it. Mm. No more excitement. Just think. No more excitement in my life. Excitement in my life is fast becoming extinct. The last boyfriend I had made me cry. He was about as exciting as watching paint dry. 
The next time I'm bored, I'll go to the square to cry. And I'll stand there with only one glove in my hand. And for sure, someone will come along and demand to know why I sob. I'll answer, I'm afraid for my other glove, I have been robbed. All you need to do is show me some love. My life has no more excitement and my friends are all dull. Friends with doctor appointments. That's all they talk about. Though they're not even ill at all, they get a thrill of going to a doctor's appointment. That's the life of a senior when excitement has left. If we not be creative, we will be bored stiff to death. Hearing aid in my ear. Yes, I can hear. Grab a chair and be seated. Stay a while. Hearing aid. I don't need it. Talk loud, please. Could you repeat it? Waiting on my friend. She said she'd be stopping by. We're going to eat some popcorn and watch some fresh paint dry. That's that piece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was dope. <laughs> he said, "Well, first boyfriend, he was about as interesting as watching paint dry." <laughs> Do you guys see what I'm talking oh, about? Boy. So many different facets, so many different approaches to the spoken word, so many ways to reach people. It's wonderful, man. You are so profound, my queen. You are so profound. And the wisdom, it just, you know, it just radiates through your words. It just, it just, it's, it's soaked up. It's drenched. All of the wisdom. But yeah, we, I mean, that piece yeah, right there. You. Now that piece right there, you said you was on, you, you, you had wrote that piece after you went to your class. You said your uh, 55th class. Reunion? 50, 50 class. The oh, 50th. 50th. 50th class reunion. Yeah. The 55th was this year. I didn't go. Mm. I didn't go. Wow. That's, that's, it's I amazing. Because of corona, coronavirus, I didn't want to go. But yeah, that was five years ago with the 50th one. Mm. The 55th one was uh, a few weeks ago. Wow. Amazing. And you're still here preserved. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's just a, it's just wonderful. You can look at your, you can look at your trials and the things you've been through, man. You've seen so much through your eyes. I know the poetry is just, I mean, it's just so much experience, you know, it's like you remind me of my grandmother when she would sit and tell us stories. She would, she would sit and tell us about our ancestors sit and tell us like little folk laws and things of that nature, you know, and these are the things that we pass down. We pass on through generation to generation that completes us, makes us whole. You are definitely a griot queen. You are definitely a griot man, a profound one at that. But I want, I want to, I want to definitely get into your next piece. I want to get, I want to get at least two more pieces out of you, at least two more out of you. Okay, I'm trying to do things that I, that I barely or rarely do. I mm. haven't done in a long time, so I want to make this pretty interesting. Mm. So um, I'll do. It's not definitely an erotic, but it's kind of like word to some of the younger children that is coming along now, and um. Let's Maybe just kind of talking to them on their level. All right. And, um, but raising it up to the way that they probably need to know before they make the mistakes. Mm. So the name of this piece is called Boot Camp. Boot Camp. Let's get it. Ain't no mileage on my gauge. So forget my age. I do what I do because I want to. And you can't play me so don't play with me if i give you an inch don't take a mile our romance is may december i have forgotten more than you could ever remember 
with my knowledge and your prowess, we can make a good team. If you're willing to learn some things. First, with my knowledge, you can never compete under the sheets. My universe is still intact, moist and damp. So this is how we shall begin. I'm going to take you back to boot camp. Now remember, a man gives out and a woman takes in. The secret is becoming a virgin again. Start with a little teasing. Never allow anyone to abuse you in the guise of pleasing. If you do, you have to make him get up off you. Only in time can he have his way. And never will you be allowed to wreck. Your job is to love and protect. Open your mind to understand your woman's body. Find out what she likes and do not subject her to your immature philosophy. And don't try to damage. You do not own that. That's on loan. Remember, she controls it because it's hers. No knees to the chin, even back when. No gymnastics or contortions. Use your tool correctly. That's all you need to do. So get on your grind and I'll handle mine. You've been playing cowboy and Indians, riding on some ponies, but you about to mount a real thoroughbred. And if you dig your heels in too hard, I will buck you off. Like, buck, buck, bye. Now you'll be sitting on the ground looking real dilly. Really. You got to know how to ride this filly. This thoroughbred. Buck, buck. Now you're sitting on the ground looking all around. You're looking really silly. Now climb back on and get in the saddle. Get your try. Just try. Move one up to a gallop. Don't race until I tell you to. If you feel something tight, that would be that clamp, clamping down on that. My muscle reflex is also strong. So we do exercises to keep it. My knowledge is superior. The games that work on the youth to my standards are inferior. So while you busy trying to show me what you know, I see your inexperience. And those silly gooses that you've been having had some bad experiences. And they got more mileage on that little crutch than a cross-country race car driver. Then here comes Simple Sign and want to be the personal tuna diver. So you see, you can move on and take that little dirty pecker with you. That's why I'm trying to save your life and really trying to school you. Teaching you will be my job before somebody fools you. You see these young ones running around on empty trying to give away that raggedy little. She don't use plastic when she gave it to Poochie. That's a raggedy little coochie. So, see. I won't let your ignorance turn my womb into a tomb. So that's why I'm old with my stuff intact. Can't let no bright beginner set me back. So my protection, I got my own back. And what I got to do with you is send you back to boot camp. See, my pleasure place is precious. It can never be done. It's a womb, not a tomb. And it's still sexy and nice. If the girl says you're moving too fast, take time. If a woman wants to go too fast on you and she didn't do the things that the old prostitutes used to do, never let her touch you, not even with her lips. Men and women need to know the secrets of the old prostitutes. Most of them die rich with their poom poom tight because they treated that money maker right. When I was young, I learned from them. Old prostitutes have knowledge astute, and they still die cute. They hold on to the secrets of poom poom preserving. They know the herbs to use to make it smell right and keep it tight. So they call me a reversion. I'm a solid institution, no merging. But these young dumb ones who want to do you before they do the duck butter test, you got to teach them and reach them 
a thing or two about the herbs and hot sit baths. And men tell these little girls, don't let anyone damage you, pushing your knees all up to your eyes, using your body as a booby prize, and go and tell their friends and laugh. Man, I was all up in that ass. Well, you see, before you get with me, you must be re-educated because what I allow you to do will affect the next one too. So teach these girls about purging. Never let anyone stick it before they check it. Never let anyone do you who won't uphold the check test, who don't respect the virgin, who won't adhere to this message. The art of sex is handed down from on-the-job knowledge. This is an art you cannot learn in college. Get with the goddesses of old. Use your crystals. Learn so you can teach the art of poom poom preserving. Yeah, you can become a technician. Of this you are deserving. So you can teach the young ones who not to go behind. Teach them to stop slinging around their behinds. And let them realize. If they keep slinging that poom poom, it's going to be stinging. Because a young boy who hit it and quit it was on the down low. Then he decided to switch back to the pee hole. So you, you know, you know how that goes. Wow. Wow. Very... Very uh, humorous poem, but at the same time, very educational, very educational, very educational. And you're dropping jewels in that piece, man. You're dropping jewels. That's 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 wisdom. Young girls should know there's so much more to just the stuff that's going on now. That that is not how it go. That's right. Really, you know. That's why I wrote it because. Hopefully, somebody can get some insight. Definitely. Because what we have in the past, the past is basically all we have to to gauge the future. Mm. And if all this knowledge is missing, because I'm going to tell you, a lot of people don't even realize it. But back in the day, uh, the prostitute was the, the most, in, well, the mo- one of the cleaner and most important women you could really just lay down to have an affair with and get up and don't have to worry about no STDs. Mm. Because, like, you know, now everybody's, you know, just slinging stuff around and there's no no, no method to the madness, but there was method to the madness back then. Mm. I mean, even, you know, men up in high places always kept them somebody that knew how to keep themselves up. Indeed. And it's really important. A woman knows how to keep herself up. That's right. That's a profound poem. It's a profound poem that lends itself to a lot of the young sisters out here that don't have no direction and no guidance. Like my grandmother used to always say, she used to say, people would take you for whatever you allow them to take you for. And uh, a lot of the sisters nowadays, they don't have those boundaries. And if, you know me, I I, I seen this one um, meme that said, by setting boundaries. It said only people who are upset about you setting boundaries for yourself are those people who benefit from you having none. You know? And a lot right. of our young a lot of our young sisters, a lot of our young sisters gotta know that boundary and know their worth. Like really know their worth. What's your worth? And a lot of these slick foxes be in their ear telling them all the stuff they need to hear and uh it's all game. It's all game. That's a very informative poem. I love that poem. That's a very informative poem. And it's a very, you know, it's a poem that makes you aware. It makes you aware. Because a lot of the sisters, a lot of the sisters today, they just don't know. Because they've never been told. They've never been shown. Because you take for granted that a person knows these things. You take for granted that they know. But everybody don't got the same upbringing. Everybody don't got those same lessons that was passed on down to them. And I think that poem is very profound and I think it's very necessary and relevant. Dope piece. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you. Dope piece. Um, 
I'm so glad you made me feel welcome to be able to just kind of like be myself on the on the uh, podcast. And, Most uh, definite. Most definite. So, and I think the, I think basically we had, had kind of a, like a divine intervention too, because like I said, I couldn't find any of my uh, regular stuff that's mm. in my books. I have five chat books that uh, usually when I do a set or something before coronavirus, I would just give them away at the different sets. I never mm. really sold them, but they have beautiful covers on them. And if I could find some copies, I'm going to ask you for your address and I'll send you. Uh, send you oh, most definite. Most definite. Most, most definite. I mean, and they, so. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah, so that's why I couldn't I couldn't even find those. So like I said, everything I'm doing now is just randomly selected by uh I'm just saved every, by the divine creator. Every that's, poem, just, every poem that you recited tonight was relevant and it was needed and it was beautiful. This is those are the poems you needed to spit. That's what like I believe in that too, that the you know, the divine made it so that, that these poems would be recited. And they're both all all the ones you just recited. Now you got your last one coming up. Now this one right here, you can go anywhere you want to go. You know, whatever you want to do, this is all you, Mama O. It's all you. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go in a different direction. And this is something I always ask this question. And mm. I never got an answer. So I decided to write this poem. And maybe just kind of like trip through my own mind. Mm. And the name of this piece is called Capturing Ruth. Capturing And Ruth. I always wonder, Ruth. Okay. Ruth of the Bible. Okay. And the reason I chose that is because not only does is my best friend's mother was named Ruth, but the name Ruth itself is a word that you add certain suffixes or prefixes to it, it becomes ruthless. Mm-hmm. So what I always wanted to know was who came first? The name Ruth who stood for integrity mm. or the people who were without Ruth, <laughs> you know, were they, you know, because they didn't have the integrity of Ruth. Mm-hmm. So that name was just like fascinating to me. So while it, so the name of the piece is called Capturing Ruth. While attempting to capture the spirit of Ruth, I became her myself. I saw myself walking in the sandals of a woman whose story was in a different time and place. And if I caught her essence, it's only because I became one with her. I was to capture Ruth in a poem as I saw myself. Now, I'm going to interject something right there. I got married at 18 years old. And one week after I got married, which was a happy and joyous time, um, I, I, I did stay as a virgin with this, with my husband, but right before we got married, he decided he couldn't wait any longer. So I was really distraught because I had saved myself from graduation. I just graduated high school and I had saved myself from my husband, even though he was going to be my husband. I wanted to wait like God had asked me to wait. I wanted to be like Ruth. I wanted to be, uh, have a lot of integrity and morals and piety so as they used to say back in the game he took it and once he took it um a little bit after that i was pregnant and right after that i ended up getting married so i I was kind of like upset so i was trying to capture the spirit of ruth and so the story goes like this i became one with her and i was captured in a poem as i saw myself as ruth Gleaning barley and wheat, I saw myself despairingly hungry and tired because I worked in a lot of factories and I was bringing in the sheaves. I was bringing production in much too slowly to compete uh, with the dexterity of the other slaves and the other workers and the field hands. 
were fast and I could not compete. So out of pity, they gave me sheaves to present. Presenting these sheaves to my overseers gave me enough product for them to deem me worthy of my keep. Toughened from desperation, I remember being chosen for my beauty by men who cared not for my virtues. And they were cutting down my chastity as nothing more than a wayward weed. I won every fight. I had to kick and pray, managing to run away as Ruth ran away a virgin still. While looking for Ruth, I again found myself and was about to be judged and mocked until I heard a voice saying, remember how hard it was for you when only your husband could vouch for your virginity? And a week after you all were married, he went to prison. And after his death, you were subject to ridicule. Merely a child still I was. And the next husband treated me poorly. He was torn by my past, but I never even had a chance to have a past. A man you felt that loved you never loved you. But unlike Ruth, you kept looking, but you never found your Boaz. Not one good man did I find. I never found my Boaz. I was sad and surrounded by sadness. But once more again, I focused upon Ruth. Before Ruth of Moab was Ruth, Ruth was a meaningful name. Did her name mean integrity? Did integrity mean Ruth? She cleared and cleaned and gleaned. And she lie upon the threshing floor as a common whore. She was exalted and protected by one good man, one good man through an angel. And Naomi, she obeyed as God directed in prose. Wow. So descriptive, so, so, it's so vulnerable. So vulnerable. Wow. I thank you for sharing that with us. That was a beautiful. Yeah, so, so, um, to tell you how the story ended, that was my first husband. That was my first, um, love and everything like we got married and a week later like I said he was off to prison the part I didn't tell you is that he was defending my honor as a virgin Mm. and he ended up doing a lot of time in prison by the time he came from prison um was a long time later and wow I had um, I had remarried and uh, and then a week later, after he came out of prison, someone killed him. Wow. Mm. So that's how my life started off. Wow. And that's why. So, so heart-wrenching. The, the <laughs> damn, it's like, wow. The vulnerability that's in that poem right there is just amazing. You really let us in to let us, you know, connect. I felt like I felt like I was watching a memoir or something, man. Listening to that piece, profound piece, my mo. Profound. It's so piece. hard. It's so hard to. Uh, that's why I got so many sons. If I had one son from that union, then I had one daughter from the second union. And my one daughter died from lack of potassium while she was trying to fast. And my one son, after he got to be 17 years old, he ended up incarcerated, as most black men end up incarcerated in this country. Mm. So that's why a lot of my background and my poetry is um, 
to write about the times and the things and the struggles that we go through um, as mothers of black sons. That's right. Uh, it's just it's 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 crazy, and it's like a cycle that happens over and over again, over and over again, over and over again. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's a profound piece, Mama. Mama, oh, um, I wish I could have you here for longer, but I gotta, I gotta mm-hmm. break these things up in segments. But I want to okay. thank you. I want to really thank you for blessing the Spoken Soul Session Studio, coming through and sharing your words with us, sharing your wisdom, you know, sharing your light, because that's what you gave us. I know the people that are listening to this, that's going to listen to this, you know, they will be inspired. Like you are known for, you're known for inspiration. You're known for giving people the encouragement to move on and to get along and to push through it. And we all appreciate you. You are a pillar of our community and we love you. We honor you. We respect you. And I thank you so much for coming through and blessing the Spoken Soul Session Studio, Mama O. And uh, oh. and uh, really, like you, you're always welcome to come here. Always definitely send me that chat book. But you're always welcome to come debut some poetry, you know, send me a poem to read on the, in, in the beginning of the show. You know what I mean? I'll be okay. glad to. I'll be glad to, you know, but uh, definitely I appreciate you. And I want to remind the audience also, if you guys want to appear on the Spoken Soul Sessions podcast, you hit me up with your uh, bio at SpokenSoulSessions at gmail.com. That soul is spelled S-O-L at gmail.com where I can find some of your work. Send me a link, send me some poems, send me some YouTube links so I can go listen or watch you perform. And I'll definitely get you on the show. You know, I want to thank you guys for tuning in that you, you come every week and you listen. I appreciate you, you know, and I want to thank my guest, Mama Ola Deji, the all around queen for coming through, blessing us with with her wisdom and her love, you know, and, uh, I want you guys to remember always, always reinforce positive affirmations of one another. Always inspire each other to be better. Try to be a better version of yourself tomorrow than you were today. And love each other because I love you. And I hope you love me too. Wow. Well, that was beautiful. I enjoyed it. I will be back when I have my coordinator. Thank you.